Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, The Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, as usual, we'll do our Business Harvard tip and this particular one is three types of meetings to stop having. We're also going to cross over to Christina later on and have our uh, Minute on Innovation looking at demonetisation and democratisation in your business. Sounds a bit big words, but we're going to find out what they mean. But right now we're going to have a chat with uh, Gillian Maxlow, who's a social media expert, looking at using an online presence more effectively. Good afternoon, Gillian. Uh, hello, Gillian. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. So, so why is it important for a business to have an online presence? Um, you'll find that uh, people will do uh, online searching to have a look to see who the business is, where they are, what their services are, before they will make a decision to, to do purchasing with you, particularly if it's an online sale. And there needs to be an element of trust. Um, so if there's reviews from customers or if there's good articles that you've written about your products and services online, then you're displaying you're the expert in your particular field. So uh, do I need a website or can I just use social media for this? It is best to have a website. Um, in particular, um, using a, a third-party social media platform can actually, if they decide that you've done something that contributes their terms and conditions, they could close down your page and you've lost access to your audience. So having a website allows you to have your own online presence on your own terms and it should also be a means for you to collect email addresses uh, for people that you want to market to. So you give away some information about your products and services in the forms of a downloadable PDF. Um, and then you can send people newsletters as well. And um, you're also able to add some code onto your website, which will help you to track what people are doing on your website. So if you have a, a web page that's not being looked at, but others are, then you can enhance that page, you can change the order of your website, you can see what technology people are using, and you could also use it to do some remarketing or retargeting to people that have visited your website. So, well, what's this uh, term retargeting? What does it mean? Ah, well, it means that um, when you are... Um, you put some code onto your website and it allows you to learn more about your customers or people that have come to your website. So, for instance, which web pages they've looked at and for how long, how people are moving through your website and where is that traffic coming from. So where of your social media presence or your digital footprint people are finding out about you and coming to your website. And also, if they're looking at your particular products and services, um, and if you've got paid advertising too, you can also learn which social media platforms they're hanging out on so you can place your adverts in front of them. 
So I've gathered all this information. Now, now what do I do with it? Um, well, you can use it to give people an in-depth experience about your products and service and keep you front of mind. Um, and most people have probably already been targeted and not realised what's happening. Um, so let's say, for instance, you've done some online research for your next family holiday and while you've been online, you're looking at hotel websites, you're looking at airline schedules, you're hiring cars, uh, what's on, travel blogs. And then the next time that you're online, it could be a week later or a couple of days, you'll notice that perhaps Google search is suggesting to you what other people have searched for or related searches. Um, if you visited those travel-related sites, you'll then see travel adverts that are popping up when you're looking at other websites. If you're on Facebook, you'll actually see what your friends have liked in relation to other travel pages. And if there are other travel events happening in your area that your friends are going to, and even travel-related ads will pop up in your news feed. So that's an instance of what retargeting is about. Um, and while we consider that might be a bit invasive, and all Big Brother's watching, if you're a business owner, you have to think of your business with your marketing hat on. And being able to put your products and services in front of your customers, wherever they're hanging out online, is absolute gold. And considering the other traditional methods of advertising, it's relatively cheap to get your products and service in front of your customers online. So, so what if I'm not going to use online advertising or remarketing techniques right now? Um, it's still important to get that code put onto your website because it will help you to analyze um, how your websites are interacting with your website. Um, if they are always using a mobile device to interact with your website, then you really have to make sure that your website is um, optimized for mobile traffic and having this code on your website will help. Um, and let's say, for instance, you're doing um, social media posting and you're doing it first thing in the morning, but all of your followers are actually online late at night, then you're missing out on that opportunity. And if you're not actively noticing that, then no one's going to see your posts. Mm. Well, um, well, Christmas is coming. Is there some things I should be doing now in the lead up to Christmas? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, you need to, um, using this code as well, start taking note of the keywords that people are using to find your products and services when they're searching online and start creating a clear message about what you're offering using those products and, sorry, those keywords. Um, and make sure you've got really nice images and if you can use video, even better. And when people are looking for you um, and if you're doing um, an offer or you've got products and services that they can purchase online, 
test to make sure that your payment channels are actually working and that people can easily fill in those forms and put in their credit card details. And you need to know how you're going to deliver those products and services and what is your refund policy. And if you've got an offer, like you've got a 20% offer off or a buy one, get one free or recommend a friend, then consider doing some paid advertised marketing so you can put that offer out so that people can actually take you up on that. And lastly, build a unique landing page that just has your offer on it with no distracting buttons or other messages so that when people do click on that offer, that's all they're seeing on the web page and they're not being distracted by clicking on other buttons that you would find on your website to have a look at all your other products and services. Well, great. Well, that's some great information. Thank you very much for your time today. We'll have a chat with you another time. That's great. Thank you very much, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Julian Maxlow there with some very useful information about social media. If you want to know more, just a reminder, there is a, a, a government program out helping you with uh, getting an online presence. You can find information about that at uh, huntervalleyhub.com.au. Time to pop over for our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I have difficulty spelling the subject that you're talking about today, putting demonetisation and democratisation into your business. That's right. So we've talked about the six Ds over the last um, few weeks. We've gone through digitisation, deception, disruption, dematerialisation. Today we're going to talk about demonetisation and democratisation. So demonetisation occurs when something becomes much less expensive and if you have a think about some of the breakaway huge organizations like uber amazon skype google you know airbnb what they've done is they've actually lowered the price of the services that they offer so uber have made travel transport much less expensive when you're going in between places um, and making it much more convenient and much more available which comes into the democratization amazon you know, even if you just go to their bookstores, whether like without getting involved in the Amazon um, debate, whether it's good, bad, or, or ugly, they've demonetised the price of, say, books and other other um, pieces of information. Skype, you know, the long distance calls that once upon a time used to cost an arm and a leg, um, now are, are free on your internet. Like you're clearly paying for the internet and everything else, but the actual physical phone call that mm. you might make is free. Same mm. with Airbnb, they've reduced the price of um, of accommodation. So we have this demonetization that happens when we digitize when things become um, exponentially you know large and the other thing around demonetization so for example when they first did the human genome it cost something like two million dollars to break down the sequence of, of the human genome next year they say it's going to be the cost of a toilet flush which is mm. like ridiculous so mm. the more things get used the more popular they become sensors on your car, each sensor on your car that goes beep, beep, that stops you crashing into something else, $2,000 they used to cost each, now they're down to about $100 a sensor. So the more something gets used, the cheaper it becomes. Hmm. I, I suppose, does the same thing apply 
a term applied to, so for example, when big screen TVs came out uh, 10, 15 years ago, they were very expensive. Now you can pick them up for a lot, a lot, a lot cheaper. Is it as they sort of, sure. as more and more come into the marketplace, that reduces, that's, that, that's what you mean by demonetization? Yes, the, yeah. the, more, the more there are, the more we make things available, hmm. um, the less costly they are per unit so you know it's just it's the quantity versus um it's not so much quality because now we can actually get Mm. good quality Mm. and because we're dealing with things and then if you have a look at the things we just talked about like ubers and the airbnbs the googles the skype there is no tangible product Mm. but what happens with the technology as you use the technology more you can demonetize you can you don't need to charge as much i mean have a look at what's happening with all the telcos now in mobile phone deals Mm. once upon a time you paid a fortune for one gig you know, now I think I just up- upgraded my plan and I got something like 40 gigs, uh, yeah. which is, you know, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Watch me go through it. Um, so the last thing we're going to talk about is democratisation. So what happens when everything is available to everybody all the time? Uh, and things like, like the mobile phone growth, which has allowed education, health, a lot of things to be democratised. Um, even just in Africa, for example, mobile phone growth, increased over like reached over a billion in Mm. 2017 and that means a lot more education a lot more health information for a lot more people yes and 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 in fact the statistic is there are more mobile phones than people have toothbrushes these days yeah it's (laughs) crazy isn't it really Um, but the whole democratization around health is really important even like we've got that almost at home now so we have a home kit that might include a thermometer and a blood pressure um, monitor and and a throat scope say and we can start by making initial observations uh, where once upon a time if you thought you had a temperature you had to go to the doctor mm. now because of the of the devices and the technologies that are being used uh, and the information that we can look up and sometimes too much information is a dangerous thing of course um, but we but the whole health industry is becoming democratized the, yeah. the new um, once the new app comes out with the Apple the new Apple watches, watch yeah it will actually warn you if you're about to have a heart attack and you, you can know, take so an, yeah, you can actually take an ECG now. Yes, you can, and that's, you know, that, uh, straight from your watch. I mean, isn't right. that the ultimate in democratisation around health? So there's all these things happening um, to make our lives better, easier, uh, but at the same time, people find it overwhelming and therefore it becomes more complicated. Mm, yeah. So it's important for us, I suppose, to take that look at our products and services and say, you know, how can we get it more used uh, by uh, more people and therefore uh, cheapen? lower the cost yeah and the other thing is that if you use different technologies so there's an abundance of technology available if you actually do some research you put a day aside to do some research on the digitization that the digital um, aspects of things that can help your business if you put a day aside and even if digitization isn't your thing you know even if going digital looking at apps whatever isn't your thing it will save you time so much time um, on how you do processes, how you implement systems within your business that you are then free to do the more creative thing that you like doing, the development of new products, going out and meeting people. So it's also about utilising the technology that's out there, becoming aware because then the more people that utilise it, the more people are democratised in its use uh, and therefore the more you can demonetise certain aspects of your business and increase the services that you're giving to your clients. Great. Well, thanks for your time again. And uh, the the six Ds, we'll chat about something else next week. We will indeed. I'll look forward to talking to you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Julian. There's Christina there with uh, 
demonetisation, democratisation, and we do and we do see it there, don't we? Time for a Harvard Business Review tip, uh, and this one's an interesting one: three types of meetings to stop having. In order to have fewer, more purposeful meetings, there are a few types that we need to stop having pronto. The worst offenders include, first of all, convenience meetings. Where managers have information to disseminate to a large group, they often get everyone in the room together. But this usually disrupts work and wastes time. Next time, circulate a memo or have several one-on-one conversations. The second type is the formality meetings. These meetings are called as a matter of tradition or habit. If you have to uh, go looking for items to add to an agenda, you probably don't need the meeting anymore. And the third one is social meetings. Some meetings are called under the guise of collaboration or alignment when it's really connection that we're after. While there's a laudable goal, meeting are pretty, these meetings are a pretty lousy way to foster it. Instead, invite people to team meeting activities, retreats or a party, and, but that makes it more optional. So, you know, we do often end up going to all these meetings now and again and sometimes they drag on and I think those uh, formality meetings are constant, aren't they? We have to have the meeting because we have to have the meeting. In fact, there's a, there's a very good uh, John Cleese uh, training video on meetings uh, which are very funny, funny to watch. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Sarah Farley-Adams will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to talk with Lyndon Blakemore, who's a family business owner for several generations and a financial advisor. And we'll have a look at some of the challenges that she's faced in a family business, especially as they now make up about 70% of small business in Australia. We'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and as Richard Branson once said, a business has to be involving, it has to be fun and it has to exercise your creative instincts. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.